0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Carbide Podcast, presented by Woody's Traction. This is the Deadwood Snowcross Review, also known as the Cowboy Hat Nationals, for anybody that was watching the podium interviews. Join us on the line this evening from Bruce Almighty Media and from Southside Polaris, Bruce Gaspardi Jr. What's happening, Bruce?
1: Oh, another day in paradise, Spence. How you doing?
0: I'm good. I'm good. I watched the the live stream all weekend, what I was able to watch. But I know you were also racing sleds all weekend in Sweden, so I'm sure you're just beat right now.
1: Yeah, it was a it was a long weekend. We had our first uh, first two rounds of the Swedish Swedish Championship, and yeah, it was a uh, it was a mixed bag. It was busy. It was busy. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, and then yeah, and then trying to tune in and watch uh, catch up on all the action from Deadwood over the weekend too
0: yeah it was uh what's, a, what's it, your snow conditions back home right now what what, what snow okay what snow, what snow are you referring to bruce it is at the time of recording it's 35 degrees there's not any snow not even like in a ditch there's literally no snow in my yard at all Jeez,
1: i saw i think it was uh leah bauer there from fxr posted a goofy video on on instagram today and it's like oh my god that is not good because yeah. like right now right now sweden's having its best snow winter in like a decade
0: mm-hmm. like
1: where i'm living right now there's like i don't know i'll use the metric system since i'm in europe oh he's and one like, of these guys like a, <laughs> like a half meter of snow
0: how many how many bald eagles worth of snow is that how many mcdonald's hamburgers is that <clears throat>
1: It's a bald eagle and a half. Oh, OK. All right. Bald eagle and a half. Um, yeah, I know it's I was. I guess I didn't didn't realize, you know, with me being so American, about how isolated we are when it comes to like Fahrenheit and standard tools. It's bad. Mm-hmm. It's bad. I was I was telling I was talking to somebody this week about how our um, our thermometers have Celsius and Fahrenheit on them, and they're like, "What's Fahrenheit?" <laughs> like, "Oh yep. like boy!" <laughs> and then uh, I was in the race trip, in the race trail, and in the shop this week getting the stuff ready. And obviously, the Polaris is a mixed bag of metric and standard bolts. And I'm trying to explain to Ida what how the fractions work for our wrench sizes because it's like, you know, seven 16 eighths you know, three quarters, like, how does this all line up? And I'm like, it's all multiples of 16. It sucks. (laughs) Yep. Yep. (sighs) So yeah, no, but no, the the snow here is really everybody's saying it's like the best winter in like 10 years over here as far as snow goes. But it is like 35 degrees 36 degrees today. And it was 32, 33 all weekend.
0: Yeah, it uh very much not the case here at the moment. Like just with everybody pushing race weekends around and reschedule. So this weekend, Snowcross is in Deadwood, CSRA season opener, Lindsay, Ontario, USSA was at Wausau, Myra was racing as well. And then you guys are ra- there's a lot of snowball racing going on this weekend and you weekend. had
1: you had the uh first run of the Finnish championship and raveling ravel mimi or however they say that properly over there so they had that going on too so yeah definitely a lot of racing this weekend
0: yeah for sure for sure so you know speaking of snow conditions one thing i did not have on my bingo card for this year was deadwood with all natural snow that i did not see that one coming that's for sure
1: i i didn't either you know i was we were talking about the rate, you know, I was talking to them about Deadwood over here and how, you know, they're always, you know, there's never snow anywhere there. They're always making it, this and that. And now they have all the natural snow and you don't have any in Minnesota.
0: <laughs> yep. Yep. It's, uh, it's pretty unfortunate. pretty trail
1: system is in Deadwood.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. So from what I heard, that area got like a major snowstorm a couple weeks before. And that was pretty much all the local snow got trucked in for that one event so like that's literally all the snow that was in the area was right there but you know it didn't look any different than deadwood normally looks like if if you didn't know the snow conditions were not that good the track didn't look that different from what it normally looks like
1: right and i mean when they went to the b-roll footage of the shots of the hills and all that there was still no snow there was no snow in the parking lot so it was it was typical deadwood in that form for sure
0: for sure one of the things that was a little bit different there this year was they're calling it an elevated start. I'm not going that far when I think elevated start. I think like a couple years ago with Canterbury Valcor did him a number of years as well. Those are elevated starts to me. This was more like a, like a slight decline, but what's like your a, take like a on a small that? step stool? <laughs> exactly. What's your, what's your take on their elevated start this year?
1: I mean, it was nice to change it up, you know, mm-hmm. I, obviously it, it, it keeps it exciting. Um, you know, never been a huge fan of you know being 10 racers wide right into rhythm or jumps obviously we'll get into what happened this week and later but it just never seems to end well one way or another you know we've had those we've had problems like that at the old rock maple races back in 2008 and more than a couple other times you know so i I'm you know, as a as a racer and as as a team manager, I'm, I'm definitely a proponent of having some sort of corner or funnel to whittle people down before they start going into rhythm or or large jumps. Yeah but the elevated start in itself is always fun and it's something different and it just adds a whole new element to the race.
0: Yeah, it's interesting cuz there's some people that seem to really excel in that environment cuz it's a it's a completely different starting technique cuz you can't just put all the weight on the back right off the beginning otherwise you're just going to lose traction. So it's interesting to see guys that kind of excel and do really well with that versus guys that struggle. It's it's always interesting to watch.
1: Yeah, yeah, it does. It just yeah, it adds another element to to the race which makes it exciting for for the fans for sure and gives the racer something new to to have to overcome.
0: So, uh, in, as you were getting caught up and stuff, Bruce, did you, did you see all the, the podium ceremonies or did you just see the races?
1: I was more focused on trying, trying to watch the races. You know, I watched, I watched Corinne's podium. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Shocker. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And then, you know, obviously showtime getting on the box. had to watch that one. Um, but yeah, other than that, it was trying to focus on the watching all the all the track time.
0: Yep, yep. Cuz where I was going with this was I mentioned it in the intro, the Cowboy Hat Nationals. The amount of freaking cowboy hats on the podium this weekend. Oh my god. Everybody had their custom cowboy hats with their team sponsors on them and stuff like that and you know, it This is my hot take. It it was a little <laughs> much it was a little much for me. I bet like the first time I saw it I was like, "Oh, that's kind of funny." And then after like the 40th person I was like, "All right, I I'm good. I'm out." But
1: yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's you know, I uh you know, Kirchmeier was the first one. You know, he's been mm-hmm. doing it since I met him. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think everybody's just kind of copying him at this point. And I think a few of those guys just watched too many episodes of Yellowstone. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. So let's I've never uh, seen too
1: many Canadians with cowboy hats.
0: <laughs> well, the key is just like having those upstate New York guys with their cowboy hats, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's just, that's how it goes. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's, uh Let's let's roll into sport. We'll, we'll run through our Friday stuff and then dip into Saturday, but let's, let's get into sport. So again, there's a lot of, a lot of parody in sport lately, but I feel like we're starting to see, those couple of guys really start to separate themselves a little bit. I think, uh, I think Brady Freeland's really starting to show that he's, he's going to be a guy that's there. He's always going to be there. However, kind of, a we kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, Kellen Chaperon, just kind of right place, right time once again for, uh, for sport on Friday night.
1: Yeah. I saw that, you know, it's like, you know, I don't know if he's got, a a rabbit's foot zip tied to the side of that stone wheel or something um but yeah it worked out for him again and it got him his first first final win of the season which was really cool to see
0: absolutely and that uh
1: you know you've got um you know when you after after saturday saturday's races you got the top six separated by six points right now with him tied for first so you know whatever whatever he's doing is working for him
0: what uh is there a uh, diversity in the brand of sleds in that top six, Bruce, or is it kind <laughs> of.
1: You, you, you're trying to get a hot take out of me. Is that what this is? <laughs> trying to get a hot take. Um, uh, I think the, the top six is, is overwhelmingly yellow. Mm. Like mm. completely. Oh, well, no, no. I take that back. The fourth uh, Dylan LaBelle and sitting fourth, right? three well, three-way tie for third has a teal sled.
0: Mm. Gotcha. Fair. So fair.
1: Yeah. So there's, there's a Makita sled in the mix, but the other five are yellow.
0: Yeah. I think, uh, I think for the first couple of rounds in the sport class, it was just kind of, you know, we had a lot of former, you know, former champions or a lot of guys moving up. And I think it was the first couple of rounds trying to figure out who was going to really separate themselves. And I think, like I mentioned, Brady Freeland really kind of taking that by the reins, Kellen Chaperin really starting to establish himself, uh, Brandon nelson really really riding strong right now i think he's he's quietly just kind of clicking off these kind of podiums and he's always there i feel like he was a little bit slept on coming into the year so i think i think sport at least for the next couple rounds is really gonna be interesting of what guy really wants to to grab a hold of it and start to start to be that that next guy
1: yeah i mean when you've got when we're when we're six rounds in basically and we've got six guys separated by six points. That's pretty, pretty exciting because it just shows that it can be anybody's, anybody's night. Um, you know, it's, you know, you've got Chaperon getting his first win. You've got LaBelle with a pair of pair of wins. You've got Freeland with a pair of wins. And then, I mean, you've got the, you got Brandon Nelson tied with Chaperon for the lead he doesn't have a final win yet. So he's just doing off a consistent finishes and, you know, he's won five heat races this year. So that's, that's where he's getting it. He's not, he's not necessarily winning at the end of the night, but he's just being consistent and, and checking off finals or checking off heat wins. So it's uh, it is, it's, it's going to be a fun, fun to see where this goes. And if somebody can really separate themselves from the rest of them.
0: I saw on uh I saw on Instagram Tucker Kierstead while he was dipping out of Deadwood on uh Saturday. I think it was twenty eight hours or something like that. He was driving back home.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Him, oh and, him and him 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 Kim Corinne and those other those other New England guys got long drives. Yeah, it's um and they've got a they've got a northeast race this coming weekend, so they've kind of gotta <laughs> get home. Yeah. It's oh uh my god. Yeah, it's 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 not it's not easy for a snowcrosser living in New England.
0: No, but I give those guys mad props because you're making that entire trek out there, and those guys have had some some good runs. Obviously, Corin has too. But there's no guarantee that you're going to make the final. There's no guarantee really much is going to happen at all. And you're 28 hours there and 28 hours back. It is it is brutal. But hats off to those guys. Yeah,
1: Tucker Tucker put a lot of a lot of time in this sum this summer on on bikes trying to get in shape and trying to trying to be ready to try to compete with these guys at the Nationals and so he, he is he's really dedicated and he, he put a lot of time and effort into it. So it's is definitely appreciated and we we love having him be a part of the part of our team.
0: Any other topics for uh sport on Friday before we move into pro women?
1: No, I just uh you know you've got uh I don't know I'm going to pronounce the name wrong Kenny Go Goike
0: Goike They always say Goike if goike. if Kenny if Kenny listens I my last name's hard to pronounce so same with Bruce so please let us know if there's a way we should be saying it and we'll be happy to fix it
1: Yeah I mean you know him him having the fastest lap and being in the in the top 6 in points it's just you know, it is, it's just, it's really fun to see that you've got that many guys that close together.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun season for, uh, for sport for sure. So moving into, to pro women, this was like, I was really excited, at least in the final because nearly Labelle gets off to a really, really good start. And I was like, all right, here we go. Here we go. This is going to be it. <laughs> and then she ends up getting tangled up in that, that first corner down the Articat and Polaris corner with Ava McCurdy and just then it just kind of flows into what we grow to expect from from pro women. But yeah, that I would have loved to to see a battle with Naily Labelle up there for sure. Yeah,
1: I mean she's she's definitely improving every week. She's you know, whether it's comfort level on the sled, getting comfortable going, you know, with with these girls out there. But yeah, she is, she's improving every week and it's a lot of fun to watch, but, uh, you know, and, and bummer for Ava McCurdy, you know, she's had a, she's had a rough couple of, couple of rounds with just bad luck.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bruce, there's a lot of yellows, a lot of yellows in that pro women final.
1: you are we talking about sleds or flags?
0: <sighs> it's a zinger, Bruce it's A zinger. <laughs> Uh, yeah there was there was a little bit a little bit of carnage in there but uh nothing major but yeah again like we kind of talked about just par for the course in in pro women we we know what's we know what's going to happen with these with these top three ladies they're separating themselves but yeah it would have been really nice to see nealy up there battling and see if she could mix it up with them same with with ava mccurdy because she's been riding really well this year as well
1: yeah yeah she's just definitely unfortunately ava's had some some bad luck these these uh last couple of weeks in the finals but you know i think i think she'll rebound and you know you know bad luck usually comes in threes so i think i think she's she should be out of the woods
0: one of the interesting takes from uh, Robbie Malinowski on the broadcast, he brought it up a couple times about, you know, he wants to see Malene bump into sport. You got, uh, you got any thoughts on that?
1: I mean, I in uh, I raced against her in Kirkinnings last April on 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 the Sunday, and we raced semi pro together, and she was. You know, best, best lap to best lap. She was like a half second faster than me, but she was in way better riding shape than I was. Um, but I mean, I think, I think she could run, run sport and be competitive. I mean, yeah, I mean, it'd be, it'd be fun to see, just to see how she stacks up. You know, obviously you can look at lap times and this and that, but it's not the same as, you know, when you're out there at the same time, you know, you know, going ski to ski with the with, with them and see see what happens. It would be kind of neat.
0: Yeah, I would love to see it. I remember uh Megan Brodeur would race pro light at Valcor in SCM every now and again, and that was always kinda cool to watch. So but uh we'd love to see it, Malene. I don't know if you listen to the show, but we'd love to see it if you ever were down for it. Maybe at the end of the year when you've got the championship already wrapped up and you got there's there's really nothing to lose, I'd love to see it. Anything else pro women for moving to pro light?
1: Uh, It was cool to see uh, Anana Hogger take off the fastest lap in the final. Mm -hmm. You know, hopefully she can, you know, build on that, try to close the gap on Katu. That would be really cool.
0: Yeah, she's fast. She's got to stay off the ground, but when she's on the sled, she's crazy fast. Like she's as fast as anybody. So just kind of putting it all together and for a whole main it's it's uh it's gonna be cool yeah absolutely so pro light a lot of action in pro light um yeah three uh three heat races we had enough guys there for three heat races again which was great to see but again so much parody and so much inconsistency we kind of talked about this earlier where you'd have guys that were coming in hot, winning a heat race and then kind of nowhere to be found in a final. But, uh, yeah, I mean, what gets, a gets a heat race, win Craden Dillon, of course, gets a heat race, win corn, Todd, corn Todd gets a heat race, win, you know, just pro light all over the place.
1: Yeah, no, it's, uh, It is. It's 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 a super fun class to watch. You know, we talked about it. We talked about it after Canterbury about how, you know, behind Crayton Dillon, you know, that two through twelve can literally be in any order Mm -hmm. at any given moment. They're just the the talent is just so the field is just so close together. It's it is. It's a total crapshoot.
0: The uh, the LCQ for Friday night looked like a freaking main event. Yeah, Nick Lorenz, Bailey Forrest, Adam Ashline, Drew Freeland, Emlik Lejeonge. Like that was legit. That was that was a main event in the in the LCQ. Like that was a really entertaining race, but a lot of a lot of heavy hitters ended up in there.
1: Yeah, there, I mean it is. It's it's such a deep field where, you know, every every week you're going to have really fast guys that end up in the LCQ. You know, it's um but it's a really good thing for the sport. You know, when you have that much, that much talent in the, in the pro light division, it it can only mean good things for the future and for pro.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Moving into the, uh, the final, the elephant in the room. So for anybody listening, Bruce watched the race after the fact. So he was unaware of the, of the flow racing live stream drama. That was the Friday night pro light final. So I don't, I try not to give ISOC too much crap cause I get it, but we pay too much money for flow for this to be a thing. Like this, just, this just can't happen. I'm sorry. Like I, I was sitting there. It cuts out when everybody's on the, on, right on the line, ready to, to hit, get the green light cuts off, comes back in with like a minute left in the final. No idea what happened. I watched it again after the fact to find out what happened, but, Yeah, kind of, kind of bitter about that one, because it was a really good race watching the highlights and watching it back. Um, Obviously, Creighton Dillon doing what he does, but Tyler Archambault was really, 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 really fast, like thought he could have ran away with a get a get a final win that night. And then, of course, Jesse Kirchmeyer, the cowboy making it happen on the podium in pro light, which was pretty cool. So any uh, any major takeaways for the for the final for you, Bruce?
1: I mean, obviously it was, you know, I got to give hats off to cowboy hat off to Kirchmeyer. You know, he's, you know, obviously he, these last four or five years spent, you know, was basically dedicated to the snow bike and doing that. And now to move out, make the decision to, okay, we're going to park that and focus on snow cross and, and, you know, and, and hop right into the pro light division and for him to, to go there and get on the box it, it's a really big accomplishment and just really proud of him and his whole family and everybody you know they they've put a lot of time and effort in to try to get up to speed because like we just talked about how much talent is in that class so for him to you know qualify front row come out good and get on the box you know battling with, with somebody like anson shield who's a you know amazing rider and be able to get on the box with Dylan and Archambault is just a huge feat. So huge, congrats to him.
0: And I feel like at a track like Deadwood, you can't, you can't fake it. You can't like luck into a into a good finish, like because you it's so easy to get caught up in lappers and first turn carnage and all this kind of stuff. So anybody that has a good finish at Deadwood, they they earned the finish. Like you don't just luck into that
1: yeah 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 when you got a track like like deadwood it you're you're if you if you have luck it's probably gonna be bad luck Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm but no nice to see ashline uh you know just outside the top five core todd with the ninth place finish you know but like we talked about you know the field is so deep you know we got you know toppy posty the one three motorsports jeremy blue Kenny Mandrick, Dylan Rose outside the top ten. You know, it that's how that's just how deep the the talent in this field is. So no, it's uh it is, it's really cool. And uh but you know, another win for Dylan, you know, it's 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 becoming a uh like a foregone conclusion that he's he's going to win. So it's it's gonna be interesting to see if somebody can finally Finally knock him down a peg here at some point in time this season in a final.
0: Yeah. And I, I was definitely, I was not a doubter for round one. Obviously I picked him as my stud of the week in, in Ironwood, but I felt like maybe it was just a track, but he was riding like, he's just riding like Elias. Like he just was throwing it around and he was just crazy fast. So I wondered if he was going to be able to calm it down and, and just, put together the races and not have any risk involved. And despite him being so much faster than everybody else, he's still really smooth. He doesn't look like he's about to crash or anything like that. Like he's really putting it all together. It's really impressive.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's not like you said, it's not like he's riding over his head and it's just, it's, it's, you know, it's like a, when's he gonna wreck it? He just, he does, he looks in control. He looks, yeah, it does. It just it looks really good the way he rides that sled and it is it's it's really impressive
0: any uh any other comments for pro light before we move into to pro i mean
1: you know i I talked about it talked about after canterbury about how much yellow there was in the top 10 so it's nice to see nice to see a couple of polarises on the box for friday night so it's exciting
0: uh you know for for deadwood altogether, like there was a there was a point in uh in pro-am plus 30 where was it denman uh ryan frank and who else and it but was it was like yeah yeah what is this 2015 <laughs> oh man Well, yeah, let's move into, into pro another triple crown, which means more work for Bruce and I, but it is what it is still way less work than the mechanics and the riders. So can't complain too much, but, uh, yeah, timing and scoring still not, uh, still not right. I don't know if, I don't know if you watch any of it during practice. That was great. They had, uh, all the guys in order, like one through, you know, 10, 15, whatever, whatever, but none of their best times were in order. So the guy at the top did not have the fastest lap, and that's what they were calling out in the announcing. It's like, oh yeah, so and so is your leader, and it's like, eh, no, but it's okay. I feel for you because I wouldn't be do it. Yeah, like, but
1: I, you know, we said that after Canterbury how how bad we felt for for <laughs> Malinowski and the guys in the booth, and yeah, it's it, it makes makes their job difficult when they can't uh, when they can't rely on what's in front of them. It's. Malinowski needs a stopwatch. That's what he needs. <laughs> you can just do, you can just do it manually.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think at least for me, I think for a lot of people too, the, the star, at least for that first race was, was Cody cam, just knowing that he was dealing with that injury, hadn't really ridden much. And you could see him in like, towards the end of the race, he was getting tired. He was sitting down a lot, but that was a really impressive ride for him in that first round.
1: Yeah, I mean, for him to be, for him to throw it throw on the fastest lap and be, you know, keep Har at bay and keep Elias, you know, close enough to where if Elias bobbled, he was going to get him. That mm-hmm. was super impressive, especially considering what his ankle and foot looked like. Exactly. So, you know, uh, Dead, Deadwood's not a, not an easy track for your for your body.
0: Not at so, all. Not at all.
1: Yeah. No, that was that was a that was an incredible ride by by Cam for sure. You know, a, a heartbreak for Labelle.
0: Yeah, and, big time.
1: And Kyle Sackett and that and those guys there with the with the mechanical right off the bat, basically. Uh, but uh, yeah. nice to see Stallston. You know, up up inside the you know, deep inside the top 10 there in sixth. Um, no, it was, it was, uh, you know, the, the, the cam Har pairing at juddy at juddic motorsports is definitely uh definitely a good one. That's for sure. And, yeah, uh, and you- nice, nice to see Benham, Benham on the cat. they finishing fourth in that, in that first one, same thing, not, not very, you know, you know, less than four seconds behind Elias. So. It was a it was a good run for him on that on that cap.
0: I was gonna say this for the end, but it was definitely is definitely pretty noticeable in that particular round. So I know he had a little bit of a redemption on Saturday. I think he got third in one of his heats, but quiet like Oscar Norum just really quiet so far this season. Like I know he's coming off of an injury, and it's gonna take a while for him to get fully back up to his race pace. But like I feel like we're just not talking about him very often like he's just not coming up
1: no yeah you're yeah you're not wrong you're not wrong I um you know he's you know everybody in that class is super talented um but it um it is you know I am I I am a bit surprised that we haven't seen him up up near the front of the field more often than than what we have you know obviously you know, with the points and things, obviously this year's a little different when they're only getting points for their overall finish instead of the two heats in a final like we've been used to for a long time. Um, so that that skews it a little bit because, you know, if you had a couple of good heats, it would make up for a bad final or something like that. Where this, you know, the way the scoring is for the Triple Crown, it, you know, you can have a good race, but it doesn't show up in the points. So, but, you know, only, you know, only one, I believe only one podium, one overall podium so far this year. And I think the other four finals were all outside the top, top seven, top eight. So Mm -hmm. that's, you know, when I, that's not where I would have put, that's not where I would have, uh, bet money that he was going to be, you know, this far into the season.
0: Yeah. I, th- I just think a couple of years ago, I mean, he was a, he was a podium guy. Like it was an expectation going into the weekend that he's a threat to win right now. I think he's, I think the talent's still going to be there. I just am surprised he's, he's being so slow getting back up to speed and it's not a knock or anything, but it's, it's like a, an element of, of parity that I expected to have in pro that's just not there and i was i was kind of looking forward to it you know obviously he's a super talented guy so it's going to be cool to see him out there battling but um it's a long season so he'll probably make it back i'm sure
1: yeah i mean you know, we'll, we'll see what he can do north of the border in a couple of weeks when they go to valcor
0: mm-hmm. so for the second round of the triple crown i think at least for me this is where you kind of you kind of just learned that Elias and Har were going to be the two guys for the weekend, for the most part. Um, wasn't really much to show. I mean, Adam Peterson got off to a to a really good start, but then uh, um, Elias gets by him, Har gets by him, and then basically Elias just kind of just kind of sets sail. But um, yeah, between him and Har, I just felt like in this round, this is where you decided that, yep, it's going to be those two guys that are going to be battling it out for the overall for the whole weekend, pretty much.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, you know, it, um, it was definitely the the Elias and Har show. Uh, it was nice to see Salston pick up the third there. He had a Scandinavian top three in that second, in that second, uh, round of the triple crown, um, Peltier though, another consistent fourth place. Um, mm-hmm. you know, Cam, Cam sitting in fifth, you know, was that the, was that the start of, you know, him really feeling the effects of the ankle mm-hmm. starting to set in. Um yeah. And uh no, it's just um yeah, I don't I don't know what to say about the the rookies either, They you know. They've they've it seems like you know, um Evan, Riley, Marcus having a you know, not um not having a lot of great runs early in the season you know they've you know Riley's had some good starts uh Ogie had a couple of good finishes in in Canterbury but just not um just doesn't seem like they're consistently battling for that top five where I thought you know you know they should be you know mm-hmm. Oakmar's a you know, it's his first official year in pro class here in the States. But I mean, he's been pro overseas forever. And obviously he's ran pro light for years at the Nationals. And then, you know, Bester coming off the year he had last year. You know, I just um, same thing. Just feel like it's a little slow, the the their progression of getting up to speed or getting comfortable on what they're riding. Just is a little slower than I thought it was going to be this year.
0: Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I think those guys all have a have a ton of talent. It's just it's it's one of the interesting things about pros we have at least right now, we have a couple guys from like these just these different eras. So you're you're battling with a guy like Gustav who's still fresh to, to North American Snowcross. So he's like kind of in this younger group, but he's crazy talented. And then you have all the way out to, to Cody cam who's been racing in this class for like 11 years. So you're de- you're dealing with like both ends of the spectrum. It's not like sport or pro light where like everybody in there is like a really short new guy and they're just trying to get in and get out. So yeah, there's uh you gotta have, you gotta have everything put together to win in this class right now. Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: Uh, a couple other call outs. Um, Hunter Patnode, you could tell he was, he was out there riding, but he was probably still hurting. I haven't seen anything yet, but he's still probably hurting a little bit from the previous weekend. So just trying to save some points as well. Um,
1: yeah. I was, I was surprised to see him out there when he, when he po when they posted on Facebook there late in the week that he was, he got the, okay. I was, I was surprised. It's mm-hmm. not Exc- excited, but surprised nonetheless, that he was able to give it a go. And I mean, he looked, he didn't look himself out there, but he didn't look bad, you know, yep. for the injury he had sustained.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's good to see him out there. Um, at least doing some laps, still trying to, cause I think he's on, on at his when he's healthy, he's, he's a main event guy. He's he's a winning guy. We've seen it already. So good to see him still out there trying to make it happen. Um, round three. So again, Peterson, good, good start. Really showing that he can he can get up there in battle as well as uh, Jordan Labelle up there at the beginning as well. But uh, oh yeah, this is where kind of talking about Oscar Norum, um, him and Evan Doubt both go down, and I was kind of hoping for some redemption with those guys. But just again, Elias Ishul, Emil Har, just just doing what they did the whole weekend. Like there wasn't really much much else to to cover.
1: Yeah, no, it was, it was, um, I mean, it was fun watching him go at it. And then, you know, the, you know, even Robbie had touched on it too, you know, you know, watching Elias change lines and make, and, and the decisions he was making out there, it was, it was a lot of fun to watch.
0: So the, uh, the overall, we kind of chatted about this before, but the overall for at least Friday night in the triple crown was Ishul Har and Cody cam and, one of your points for uh, the Triple Crown at Canterbury was the inconsistency in the Triple Crown finishes. The final points, Elias Isshul, three points, because he went 1-1-1. One, one, one. seven points. Cody Cam, 15 points, third overall. 15 points gets you a podium spot right now, at least for, for in this field. It's wild.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's... Um you know just just goes to how you know whether you call it inconsistency or you call it just how how much talent is in the field and how close together they are that you know nobody's you know outside of Elias and Har nobody was guaranteed a a good finish
0: yeah it's uh four through four through eight separated by two points,
1: yeah that's That is that's uh, that's that's crazy, you know, considering they go out there, you know, for three three finals and to have have that that many guys that close together is it's. It's uh, it just goes to show that how how close everybody is Mm -hmm. and how hard and kind of goes to why it, it could be so hard for, you know, Norm to come back from the injury you know, Ogie investor to, and Evan to acclimate to the class, just because everybody is just so close together and that fast.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Especially in a track like this, where they basically just kind of follow the at least like the camera crews and stuff. They just follow the leader around and basically everybody gets lapped. So it's no, it's no knock if you end up getting lapped at Deadwood because it happens to everybody. So in a track like this, just a lot of people's rock solid finishes just a lot of times get lost because they were never even seen on the track. So, but, uh, yeah, overall Friday night, some interesting stuff for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So moving into Saturday, um, one of the changes they made to the track, which is kind of interesting. They basically got rid of the finish line jump. It was still there, but they got rid of the kicker and, uh, didn't really make much of a difference to the racing because most of the guys were kind of scrubbing that anyway, going into that corner, but it was interesting. It knocked like a second off the lap times because people weren't in the air. So just kind of interesting, something I took note of, but, uh, yeah, let's get into, let's get into sport. So sport on Saturday, Brian Peterson, the Brian Peterson show, if you will, for a hot minute, Brian Peterson out there gets the whole shot leading for most of the race um eventually gets uh gets shuffled back Cam Cole um Tanner Johnson but yeah it was just Saturday sport was really interesting it was a couple guys i didn't really expect to see up there and again it just kind of shows the parity in this class right now
1: yeah i mean you've got uh, you know Brian getting that that third place in the main and having and going 1-1 in qualifying you know, puts him third in points, three points out of the lead. And that was his, that was his first podium finish in a final this season. And he's sitting, and he's sitting third in points. So it just, yeah, it does. It just shows how, how tight the field really is.
0: I think that was his first podium in sport in a long time too, quite a few years. so. Really cool to see that up there. Brian Peterson, just one of those guys just grinding it out. I I I would say I raced against Brian Peterson, but I was more like on the track at the same time as Brian Peterson. <laughs> I wasn't really racing him. So but that was like seven years ago now. So um keep it going, Brian. We love it. But awesome weekend for him for sure.
1: Yeah. Right. Then, you know, um, and Cam Cole getting on the box was nice and then uh you know tanner johnson picking up his first that was his first podium of the season and it was a win so that Mm -hmm. was pretty cool
0: yeah tanner johnson another guy that's that's really really talented last year he was he was on all finish so probably spent the first couple rounds getting more acclimated to the skidoo and putting things together but super super talented guy in a snowmobile so
1: yeah he's definitely you know he's definitely progressing in the right direction with uh, you know, a fifth Friday night and then the, the win on Saturday night. So
0: ready to move into pro women? Sure. So, I mean, going through some of these, uh, some of these heat races, um, I mean, again, Anana Hauger just kind of whole shot Hauger doing what she does. Malin gets another heat race win. Neyla LaBelle was riding strong uh in a couple of these it's just uh Yeah, I don't know. I I try not to I try not to knock it. I just again, I know what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen, you know, in the in the final Maline Katu gets a gets a really big hole shot and then wait for it, wait for it. Tasha Lang and Anana Hauger get into a wreck right on that straightaway.
1: Yeah, that so. that was not on my bingo card. <laughs> it was not I had a lot of you know obviously there's a lot of spots on the bingo card but hogger and Lang wrecking on the wrecking down the front straight away and the first lap was not on it
0: yeah and and with it being basically right off the start like they took them and and with it being deadwood it took them like an entire lap just to get themselves squared away and and out of the the carnage so uh opened up a uh, a line for naily LaBelle to be, to run second for most of that race. Wasn't really making a ton of gains on Maline, but she's fast on her own accord as well. And then, uh, Sarissa bless third overall. Yeah. That's her, <clears throat>
1: that's her second, second podium of the season. And that mm-hmm. was, uh, LaBelle's first podium of the season. So yeah, you know, what was a disaster for hogger and Lang was, a. Uh, a blessing for bless and labelle oh, god sorry
0: who inv- who
1: invited this guy i don't know
0: unbelievable unbelievable you can't find anybody
1: better than better than me within three thousand miles
0: that's that's the problem we had to i had to outsource my co-hosting to sweden <laughs> so hard to find good help these days
1: yeah you know well i mean i mean matt greenwood wasn't available you know what can you ah do? is that
0: you know, what that he, guy's name is is that what his name is because they're like i was i was wondering i've been keeping an eye on this 199 skidoo out there i have no idea who the guy is you want to have him on the show i know he's just he's always you know i haven't brought this up because i i was gonna i was gonna make it a running bit but i won't because i feel like it's a very niche audience that would get my joke but uh for many years jimmy kimmel would end his shows with apologies to matt damon we ran out of time oh
1: my god i was just thinking the same thing (laughs) About how he could always be Matt Greenwood. Sorry, we didn't yeah. have time for you this evening.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just gonna end my shows with apologies to Matt Greenwood. We ran out of time. We'll have to reschedule him, and then just never have him on.
1: We just That's... need like Tom Brady to throw a football through his front <laughs> window, like they did on the Kimball show. <laughs> or but, but you guys are mid you guys are Midwest, so it need to be like Brett Favre or like mm-hmm. you know Jared Goff or something.
0: Hey dude, I'm from Vermont. I, I It could be Tom Brady for me. It's okay. It's all good. <laughs> uh, just kidding, Matt. We love you. We love all you do. All right. Moving on from pro women, pro light Saturday night. Uh, where, sorry. Again, I just, all these heat races, there's just so much to cover, but, um, Adam Ashline kind of redeemed himself a little bit in a, in a heat race, Bailey Forrest again, looking strong. I love seeing Bailey Forrest up there in any of these rounds because he's just like the most privateer guy out there in a field full of semis. And I yeah, just, I just, I, I, know, I, I just
1: don't get why I just don't get how we can't get a graphic sponsor to sponsor him with a cool rap. <laughs> Even though there's no logos on it, just, just a cool rap, you know? Maybe Chris over at one three nine designs or something and just do up something fancy for him, even if it's just maybe, black black metallic so it's shiny maybe it's
0: maybe maybe it's his brand maybe, maybe that's what he's trying to be yeah you know you know there was uh there was a Polaris team out east a number of years ago that had like two trillion logos on their sleds. can't remember what the like maybe Northside Polaris or something like that maybe I don't know. <laughs> And you couldn't, like, it was like all their, all their dealership sponsors. So, like, Gravely was on there. Husqvarna was on there. You couldn't even see the sled. There's just so many logos.
1: A lot of logos. A lot. Of, well, you know, half of them were dealership logos, and the other half was we had so many families on the team that had their own businesses. You know, we had Livingston Farm, Acker Excavating. You know, it, it was just, yeah, it was. Um, so, you know, it, you always know, try to put them on there and stuff so yeah it uh it was fair amount of logos (laughs) you know we we tried selling the the goggle lens area to like Mm. wonder bread but it didn't didn't go through
0: oh yeah what about uh what about fig newtons that would have been the (laughs) big red chewing big red gum Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm exactly exactly so uh going into the final again Creighton Dillon gets off to a to a really good start um Evan Christian kind of redeemed himself he ended up being really fast over this weekend he you saw it in in he had his flashes he just had some issues with crashes but Evan Christian finally kind of kind of putting it together there for a little while one of the things I got so lost in in this final was so apparently Adam Ashline crashed in the rhythm and I didn't see it the camera didn't see it. So then that put Whitwer into third for like 50 feet right before the finish line. (laughs) And then he crashes and then Nick Lorenz just cruises on in just calm, cool, collected cruises on in for a third. It's crazy.
1: Yeah. I mean, you gotta, I mean, we talked about it for Canterbury about how Lorenz was just kind of coming into it and and riding good, riding smart, and yeah, it just, uh, you know, worked out for him. Like we, like we said, it's, it's not usually, you know, it's um, like we talked about with the sport class about uh, people falling off in front of him.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Maybe, maybe Lorenz Renz has the, has the rabbit foot too.
0: Attention snowmobile racers. When it comes to dominating the track, trust the experts at Woody's Traction and Control. Their cutting-edge products are engineered for peak performance, providing unmatched grip and control in every turn. Don't let the competition catch up. Upgrade your sled with Woody's Traction and Control products today. Visit www.woodystraction.com and experience the winning difference. Woody's Traction and Control, where precision meets victory on the snow. Here, hang on. I'll, I'll edit this out, but my wife texted me, and I have to text her back. Maybe go. I'll just leave it in. Maybe I'll just leave it in here. Just leave it in here.
1: Aren't you guys in the same house right
0: now? No, she's on her way home from work. Oh, she asked if I want anything for food. Do you you have a question? Is that? Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
1: It's not if, it's what.
0: Exactly, exactly.
1: Do you have a little? Do you have a little? Um, like on air or red light outside your door that you flip on when we when we when you hit the button?
0: No, I'm not. I'm not that pretentious. But I could get there. I could get to that level. I mean, I am the most popular snowmobile podcast on my street. So, it's impressive.
1: There's mm-hmm. a lot of people on your street, probably.
0: Yeah, you know, Ham Lake is a is a booming metropolis. I think. Where are we at? Ten thousand, fifteen thousand people. It's crazy. Well, I mean,
1: I think there's I think there's like a thousand living in the village that I'm staying in right now in Sweden. So.
0: <laughs> I hear you, man. I, I hear that that's what i'm trying to get to that's the goal is to get is to get smaller and smaller towns but my, my <laughs> wife is from the suburbs so she's she's not about that uh, yeah i mean you know my, my hometown's got five thousand people like the 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 suburb i lived in a suburb of minneapolis called plymouth for a couple years that suburb of minneapolis has more people than the largest city in Vermont has more people in that city than Burlington.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, growing up in Cheshire, Mass, I think, you know, we were always like 3,500 to 4,000 people, Mm -hmm. you know, and that was, that was plenty of people for me, Mm -hmm. you know, but I think that's part of the reason why I like Sweden so much. There's just not a lot of people around. There's just
0: enough. And there's snow, which is more than we can say right now. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah, that too. That too.
0: <laughs> All right. Pro Saturday. So one of the biggest headlines going in, Cody cam was going to be sitting out Saturday. Um, obviously he was getting through the injuries on Friday and got that third overall, but you could tell he was hurting. So it wasn't can necessarily I, can I, can a surprise. I a hot,
1: can I throw out a hot take? Mm. Can Snowgoer please alter <laughs> their fantasy? uh, lock in time. They, they want to, they, they try to lock in the lineup, you know, too early. And it's like, I, I obviously, I, you know, I put Cam in my top six, obviously it's Cody Cam. And then he, he tells everybody he's not racing and I can't change it. It's just it's killing me.
0: You know, what you should play is uh shop talk podcast fantasy. From Gunnar Arlo, because I know he's listening. He's probably on his way to the Sioux as he's hearing this. And it's a fantasy for cross country. And he's doing one for the Sioux as well this coming weekend, or this coming week. So, and if you win, Bruce, you could get a $100 gift card from Woody's.
1: Yeah. That's pretty snazzy. Mm-hmm. It's legit, man. It's legit. I think I think Woody should be giving out like free beanies with every Stud of the Week award we give out. So I think, I think out, that's what I, I think the Rick T needs to do that.
0: I think he's he's giving out shirts. That's what oh, I was all right. told.
1: Okay, shirts to work. You know? Shirt he's work. Uh,
0: the the most interesting part is uh, there's a since this podcast is sponsored by Woody's there's another traction company in in uh, in Michigan. It may have a logo that has like a guy on it Uh, may or may not be owned by the Patton family. Anyway, never seen it, never heard of it. Yeah. no. Anyway, all of our studs of the week thus far have been teams that utilize that company's product. (laughs) So Rick is infiltrating those teams by sending in these awards and giving them a bunch of Woody's swag. So Rick knows exactly what he's doing.
1: We got to be careful. We, the, he, um, people are gonna start to think we're in cahoots.
0: Hmm. I don't know what you're talking about. Never heard yeah. of
1: it. <laughs> also, since we're talking about awards and whatnot and, and fantasy and side notes, I gotta say the SeaTac parking rankings <laughs> is the, it's the, it's the rankings I never knew I needed, mm-hmm. but now I don't want to live without.
0: I agree. I agree. I, I think had, it's,
1: I just, I know, I, it is, it is just solid.
0: I had commented on one of his posts that we need a fantasy league for the parking wars every weekend of who who we got, who's going to be getting out first. I'm a big fan of these parking power rankings.
1: Well, as long as we can lock it in late enough, mm-hmm. you know, we, I don't want to have to lock in my picks two days before. Mm-hmm. Because what if somebody doesn't, you know, if somebody doesn't, you know, somebody gets dinged up and they're and they're going to leave early? I don't want to pick them.
0: Here's a question: What's uh, what's Corin at for for pro light points right now?
1: I mean, not a lot. I think he's, I think he's down in he's down in twenty second right now with Uh, thirty nine points because he's only he's only run it he's only run it twice.
0: Yep he's had five, the Saturdays.
1: Right. And yeah, they, cause, and because pro 30 was both days at, um, Ironwood, he didn't run mm-hmm. it at all. There, well, mm-hmm. that, and the fact that he didn't have any, any track, any sled time either heat time, but, but he does, he does, have he-, a heat, he does have that heat win from, from Friday night, which was pretty epic.
0: I was just trying to see who was going to be the wild card for the, uh, for the parking power rankings from SeaTac. If anybody was going to come in there and really mix it up, somebody that was unexpected, but we'll have to stay tuned for that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We need, we need, I, I think we need more. We I think we need some video footage. We need, we need more content from SeaTac TV for the power the parking rankings.
0: So I told, I had commented when, uh, earlier on, I told Casey and then Josh from paparazzi, I said, you know, we have all these preseason bangers from, from shearings in like November every year. We need a bunch of slow motion bangers of like the truck drivers getting out of the trucks and like their preseason prep and how they're getting ready to, to tackle it this year. That's what the people want. That's what they really want to hear about.
1: I want to see the following and the competition get so intense for these parking rankings that some of these teams start packing up the trailer early and mm. parking it across the street just for the parking rankings. And then they wheel their sleds across after the racing are done.
0: Or take it to another level. They sandbag don't even make the final <laughs> so that they can get out of there first, <laughs> you know, like if you're, if you're Warner and you're like, Sorry, Skidoo. I know you want this, this ISOC championship, but we're competing for these power rankings right now. This is where the real money is. <laughs> just a thought, just an idea. It's a hot take.
1: Yeah, I, I do. Yes. Yeah. I want I I need more in depth in depth coverage of the of the parking rankings.
0: <laughs> All right. You hear that, Tech? Make it happen. We love it. All right, sidetracked all only right slightly pro field uh,
1: Saturday night
0: yep, yep, so uh first one emhar gets out to a really good start, issues right beside him, gets past him, and they have a little bit of a good battle, and then Har gets back by him again, and then really starts to gap him and you can just kind of see that he was uh he was a little bit faster than than Elias in that first round, but so har gets it issue and this is like before anything gets before anything else happens har gets to win issue second Pelletier third or so yeah. we thought
1: yeah that was um that was it was a really good race really really good race and then you know uh it, it was it was not qualifying it was even cool to see salston being top qualifier and like how you like how you brought up with the with how the track got faster with that change they made, if you look at, you know, the pro times in qualifying from Friday to Saturday, yeah, it, it's it's crazy how much time got shaved off that small track just by changing the finish line, jump, yep. and getting rid of the lip, basically. Um, yeah, but then obviously, the, like we talked about, you know, the disappointment of, of Cam only taking greens and mm-hmm. it really messing up my snow, snowboard fantasy pick. Still a little hot about that. Um <laughs> not hot about Cam. I mean, I understand you gotta take care of yourself It's a long season. Upset with Snowgoer that they won't let me adjust my picks. But anyways. <laughs> um yeah, nice to see Peltier get the third, you know, um and then LaBelle starting the night off good, you know, starting off the night a lot better than the previous night. Mm-hmm. So that was nice. And then Pat Node with the fifth. You know, obviously we know he's dinged up. We talked about it. So for him to finish fifth was a really good showing for him on the shearing
0: sled. Yeah, that was good to see. I uh yeah, I just like I said, coming in from from Friday, I feel like we just kind of knew that Har and Ishua were gonna be the guys, just how they were riding the track, how smooth they were, you knew they were gonna be up there that weekend. So um kind of a, a similar story in round two at least. So uh Har gets another good start pat Node was up there for like a hot second um which was kind of cool to see even though he's kind of battling that injury but uh jordan labelle adam peterson were kind of going at it for a couple laps um Ishul was still running p2 but chipping away for a number of laps on on har he makes another last lap push but he's un- he's unable to get it so emil har gets P1, Ishul gets P2, and then Jordan LaBelle putting himself in a really, really good position with a P3 in uh, in that round.
1: Yeah, and then Har and Elias get docked three spots for jumping a yellow.
0: Yep, yep, which bumps up the overall points from that round. Jordan gets bumped up the first for a win, quote-unquote, in that round, which really sets the stage for what could have been a really, really cool battle in in round three. So because what the where did it end up? Oh, I thought I had it. But yeah, so um oh thought I had it. Yeah. So going into that last round after those uh after they were docked, basically Har needed to beat LaBelle in order to win, right? I'm pretty sure that's how the points ended up. I thought I had a picture.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, you had, you had Har Elias and LaBelle all with LaBelle had five points. Har had four points and Elias had, um, two, and, uh, seven points.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So it, it, it tightened it up. Um, it was going to be a really good race. And then, so at least for the first round, um, off the start Har seemingly gets a whole shot. I mean, everybody was, was pretty tight, but Har and LaBelle were pretty much out front going into that jump. And then Francis Peltier takes off on the jump right before the turn. Elias takes off at the same time. You could see it in the video. He basically gets kicked to the right directly under Peltier, and then obviously lands on him And and yeah, just, just no fun just like really takes all the wind out of the evening for sure.
1: Yeah, it was it was it was it was horrible to watch. You know, it um I was having flashbacks to when uh, Robert Graver got landed on in old forge back in 08 and it was it was yeah. No, it you know uh feel really really horrible for Elias, but fortunate that it wasn't worse because it certainly could have been obviously the, you know, the list of his injuries is, is fairly extensive, but to have his head be okay and have mobility and be in good spirits is a lot better than it could have been. Um, and then feeling bad for Peltieri, because I'm sure he feels horrible and he didn't really do anything wrong. It was just wrong place, wrong time. uh, Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's been a tough year in, uh, in snowmobiling, obviously at the time of this recording, you know, Elias is, he's fully coherent. He's just has a long list of injuries, but he posted on social and he was, he was drinking a Pepsi and he was super stoked about it and all this, you know, he's still in good spirits, but yeah, it's been a, it's been a wild year between, you know, Travis Muller, John Henke, Elias now getting a super gnarly injury like it's it's been a tough year for the snowmobile community a lot of a lot of misfortunes for everybody
1: yeah And just you know wishing elias the best and hoping for a full recovery
0: yep so as we had to move past that which was very difficult for everybody you could tell um, we did yeah, have to... w- w-
1: just watching that video over and over again. It's just like, Oh my God. And then you can, you can see, you can see Salston because, you know, he was a little behind the accident and you see him slow down and be looking down at Elias as he kind of slowly rolls by. It's like, I can't imagine what was going through his head and the other guy's head after they, you know, the ones that were behind it that saw it That just yeah that makes it you know they're all professionals but they're all human at the same time and i can't imagine what was going through their head as they're after, after they're sitting there for the red flag waiting and hoping for elias to be okay
0: yeah and in this era like all these guys are friends like it's not just a level of respect like all these guys are buddies so it's just it's it's got to be tough to to roll that red that see that red flag and roll back up to the start and know you just have to sit there. You just have to sit there because you still have to race. It's gotta be brutal. Yeah. So they did have to line up for for round three and uh Imil hard gets a really good start. Jacob Yurk is right up there and gets by him. Adam Peterson was up there for a hot second before he ends up uh end up crashing, but Jordan Labell gets by Emil Har, and you. Jordan was riding really, really well um, most of the weekend, and you kind of knew the the speed was growing there. So we're just kind of waiting to see how it pan out. And Har was making gains on him um, for second, but then ultimately lays it over uh, right after the finish line there, and just kind of seals the fate for what's going to be, but that round. But I mean, Jacob Yurk really just kind of took off and kind of set sail early in that race, which was, was really cool to see for him.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it, it was, it was, um, yeah, that, you know, the, the top four top four there was, you know, guys we haven't, you know, besides LaBelle haven't talked about a whole lot as in, you know, York Norm and investor. Mm-hmm. So yeah, to have them up there is cool. And then Pat node another fifth place. And the condition he's in is, is a solid, solid result for
0: him. Yeah. I mean, that was a, it was an interesting round. Um, overall on the, for Saturday night, Jordan LaBelle gets his first pro overall win. He's won a couple heat races and he won in the, he won a round in the, the dominator. So, you know, the speed's there. Like you just, you just kind of waiting for it all to get to come together. So, unfortunate that this is how it came together but he put himself in a really good position to benefit so jordan labelle p1 jacob yerk uh p2 really really cool to see that for him and then emil har i mean really just was pillar of consistency for this whole weekend like he arguably could have he probably he would have had the win if he didn't have the dock um for jumping in round two so but good weekend for all of those guys i think they all earned those spots
1: yeah. yeah. And then, you know, Peterson getting a, getting a fourth and then even with, you know, even with Elias not being able to restart for the second one to come back, come come in fifth overall.
0: So yeah. Yep. No, so, so yeah, Deadwood, uh, Deadwood in the books, a lot of action, a lot of stuff to try and remember a lot of stuff to cover, but Deadwood just kind of doing what Deadwood always does. There's always lots of carnage. There's always lots of inconsistency. It's always a small track, lots of broken parts. But uh, what? before I ask you your uh, stud of the week, Bruce, because you and I went back and forth on this quite a bit, for both of us, this was very, very difficult because most guys that had a good Friday did not have a good Saturday or vice versa. Like, outside of your, your Creighton Dillon and your Malene Coutou, there was not a ton of guys that just had a rock-solid weekend altogether.
1: Yeah, no, it was. You know, it's like, um, you know, I was having the conundrum. You know, after after watching Friday night stuff on Saturday, I have the conundrum of, <clears throat> well, you know, if can I give it to Kirchmeier? He's my own guy, but he got in the box, first time ever. It's like, well, let's, you know, if he does good in the – does good Saturday night. You know, I you know I can justify it. And then he, you know, has some bad luck in qualifying, has some bad luck in the LZQ, misses the mains like, well, nope, can't do that now. And then, you know, you're looking at, you know, the sport guys pro light pro it's like it is it's like nobody really put together two good days.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, it's um, that's a tough one. You know, and then, you know, we haven't really talked about, well, can we, can we repeat somebody? Do we have to pick somebody? Is it, you know, you got to pick somebody different every week? You know, it's, it is, it's tough. And I mean, it's a prestigious award. I mean, these, these guys and girls are clamoring for these, these Woody Stud of the Week, you know, awards. So, and, and getting the free shirt. So, you know, do they need two shirts? You know, it's, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. should they be allowed to have two shirts? Or, or, you know, is it like a carnival where if they get two shirts they can trade it in for a hoodie?
0: Mm. Well see, this is this is what we're saying. Like, just like people are really just clamoring for the overall parking wars championship, they're re- like they don't care about the the ISOC podiums. They care about the <laughs> stud of the week awards. So
1: Oh, so who's your stud of the week for ISOC?
0: <clears throat> I I had to go with Jacob Yerk and I, you know, I will fully say it. he was way more impressive on Saturday than he was on Friday, but the entire picture of, like, you know, new team, basically just him, Kylo Racing, has a really good running in Ironwood, like, really, he's had a couple of rough years, like, to me, him leading and winning that that round and then being p2 overall on on saturday that was like the culmination of like a year and a half worth of work for jacob yerk so it i mean like we said there's there's a handful of guys that had a very similar story and that was what we were looking at over the weekend but to me i just i was really impressed with with jacob york so he's my start of the week okay Boy, now if you want to take like a half hour to figure out who your stud's going to be by all means go for it
1: <laughs> i don't think we have the dedicated following that c-tech tv is really going to hang on for half an hour while i while i get my mm. abacus out and figure this out um <laughs> i um i'm going to give it to Craig and dylan you know mm. you know it's you know to you know <clears throat> i feel like to give it to anybody else would be would be doing him a disjustice, as much as you know he's already won it once. But I mean, he's when you look at when you look at those top four classes, and and you know the the somebody that did good two days in a row, he's kind of top of the list. You know, he he won both of his finals. He's undefeated in finals. Um, so it's you know to me, I, I've got to give it to Creighton Dillon. I think going, I think winning both, you know, both finals in pro light kind of puts it <clears throat> where that's he earns it. You know, he won three of his four heats and both, are uh, yeah, three of his four heats in both finals. So, yeah, my stud of the week's Cray for the Deadwood is Creighton Dillon.
0: I can't argue with you, cause he's. He's like one, he's like the most consistent rider in Snowcross right now. It's Creighton Dillon. So I can't, I can't argue with you. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see him for the rest of the year. I think he's going to continue to, to ride at that level. I'm just curious, like, what the overall, Yeah, hey, we've talked about this. I can't remember. If it feels like the, yeah, I think it might have been the Ironwood review. But if he continues on this level of dominance, kind of like LaBelle did a number of years ago. Like what what do you do with the guy? Do you do you bump him up to pro because he could potentially just go undefeated in pro light and then there's nothing left to win? Or do you keep him down because you have enough horsepower in pro already if you're Skidoo? Like what what do you do with this guy?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's tough. I mean you don't you don't want to you don't want to slow his development, but at the same time, you don't you don't need to rush it either. And you know, Skeet is in a, in a prime place right now where they do have a lot of good guns in pro. And as I've stated multiple times, they have a, a, a deep roster in pro light too. So it is, you know, he can, you know, he can stay in pro light a second a year, collect the paychecks and, and hone and fine tune his, his speed and his talent and and move up the following year in in 2026 you know and you know personally that's you know if i that's what i would do if it was my rider i would rather have them in pro light winning races building their confidence honing honing the skill fine tuning and um and really use it because it's not like it's not like he's in his late twenties and he's going to miss his window. You know, he's got years, he's got years to move into pro and be successful. So there's no, there's no need to rush it. And then, you know, something happens and then he, you know, he gets hurt, has a big setback. There's no, there's no point, you know, Skidoo has the people that can win in pro let him, let him develop and hone in pro light as long as he can. In my opinion.
0: Yeah. And it's, we haven't seen, I don't know if we've, I can't even think of a guy that we have even seen it with, honestly, where you have a guy that moves up from pro light into pro that if he was like a top five, top 10 pro light guy, and then bumps up and really makes a splash. The only time we ever see guys come in and really hit the ground running is if they were a really dominant or a top three pro light guy. Like you, you, This isn't like Supercross where you know the speed of like a top five guy and you know he can run in in 450s. We don't see guys that unless they crush it in pro light, they don't crush it in pro. So it's like you have these guys that almost need to stick around in pro light until they are a dominant guy. Because if they just bump up because they've been in pro light too long, it's unfortunate, but we haven't seen a guy do that and then really make a splash yet
1: yeah i mean you know basically you had aki did it like gotta be almost 10 years ago he won he dominated pro light and then moved to pro and had solid showings and then elias and now Mm -hmm. you're kind of starting to see it with labelle yep um yeah it's uh it is it's a you know it, it's a big step it really is cuz it's not like it's not like dirt bike racing where you know you've got or supercross where you've got 40 guys trying to qualify for a 450 for the 450 main or whatever and then you whittle down the 20 you've got 15 guys and they are 15 really good guys so it it takes a lot to break into that mhm um yeah so you gotta you have to go faster. You have to go faster for longer.
0: Hmm. Yeah, there's a lot to it. It's a lot to it. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, before we wrap it up, I mean, you had your first round in in Sweden. Any any major highlights that you want to pull?
1: Um. Yeah. I mean, we had our we had our first two rounds of the Swedish Championship in uh, Orsa at Mesa Snowcross. Um, you know, we had, uh, in, uh, in pro women's, we had a couple of, we had, we had, uh, 12 girls in pro women's this weekend. We had two of them that had changed colors, uh, in the preseason, Kelly Collier and William Wilma Janssen both changed from Polaris Iskidu. So it left, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it left, uh, it left Ida Roselle, our, our rider is the only player's entry in the pro women's class. Um, Hilda Omen returned to defend her Swedish, Jan, Swedish title. Uh, Jenny uh, Lundström returned after taking, uh, taking a season off. So it was, it was, it was going to be an exciting weekend. Um, Ullman picked up right where she left off. She was top qualifier uh, both days and the way Sweden does it, is that if you have 16 or less, you do a two moto format. If you have 17 or more, you do two heats, LCQ final. Hmm. So the women, the pro women's class was a two moto format and, um, Saturday, uh, Omen won both with Lundstrom and uh, Wilma Johnson in tow in both of them. And then it was a repeat on Sunday. Uh, Hilda won both with Jenny Lundstrom and Wilma Janssen on the podium with her. Um, you know, we had uh, we had seven, seven SkiDoo's, four Lynxes, and, and Ida, the, the lonely Polaris out there. Um, and then in Pro-Light, Pro-Light had 21 entries. We had uh, 14 ski four Polarises, two cats, and a Lynx. Um, we had Jonathan Nilsson and Isaac Slot both change from Articat to Ski-Doo this year. Um, we had, uh, our pro light entry Gustav Westerlin move up from junior 14 to 16 into pro light, along with, um, Groves and Sixton uh, And then Jim Eliasson returned after taking a couple seasons off, uh, Saturday. So uh, Vesterlin go out and grab the the fastest qualifier. And then uh, with there being 21 racers, you had two heats in a two heats LCQ final format. Uh, Felix Anderson and Gustav Vesterlin won uh, both, both the round one and round two heats. So they were, they were both tied at two points. Uh, Dennis Kangasma, won the LCQ and then uh, Gustav Vesterlin would go on to win the pro light final, which was Polaris's first pro light win over here in over four years. So that was really exciting for us, uh, for sure. And then uh, Felix Anderson was second. Albin Persons was third. Uh, And then uh, when Sunday rolled around, Gustav was top qualifier again. In round one, Vesterlin uh, and Anderson uh, each won their heat. and then in round two, Vesterlin uh, won his, and then Oscar Eriksson won his. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, Elbin Pearson won the LCQ, and then uh, uh, Felix Anderson ended up winning the final with Vesterlin in second and Eriksson in third. So it was a, it was it was a good it was a good weekend for for Gustav being the, his first pro light weekend and, and he uh, yeah, had the sled, the players went, ran really, really good. And there's not a whole lot of us out there. So it was, it was a, it was nice to see that for sure. But it was also, it was cool to see uh, Jim Eliasson come back. You know, he hadn't raced in a couple of years and he ended up fourth in the final on Saturday. So that was really nice to see too.
0: Do uh, do, Did a lot of these people have a lot of time, a lot of seat time going into this weekend, or was it kind of limited?
1: I would say most of them had a fair amount of seat time. You know, we've had snow over here since really, like, early November. Like I said, it's been the best winter here in a long time. So, um, I know sleds came late for a lot of people. You know, people got their ski dues late. Their new ski dues late. The new links was late. People haven't got their new Articats yet. They're still racing 23s. Um, and I know <clears throat> uh I know that a couple of Norwegians are waiting for new Polaris's still. So that that definitely makes things tough for people over here when they have to wait for their new sled, because then they're they're using something that's probably got fifteen or twenty or thirty hours on. So that can make it make it a little tough. Um but no, it was, uh, it was, it was nice to see, nice to see 21, 21 signed up for pro light. That was really cool. And then in, in pro there was 21 guys as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You had, um, uh, you had a, more than a few guys change brands. You had, uh, Linus Dahlberg change from Links to Ski-Doo, Alexander Forsberg and Emil Hansen, both changed to Ski-Doo. And then Alfred Gunnerson changed to Lynx. You know, it it definitely seems like more and more of the guys are moving to ski Do instead of links because um, a lot of these guys and girls have aspirations to go come race in the states, and there's no links in the states. So it seems like anybody that wants to go to the states is trying to set themselves up on a machine that they know they can ride over there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know why why get used to and put a bunch of seat time onto a links just to fly over and have to race a ski do. you know so it's it's definitely I think it <clears throat> for that reason it's definitely um increased the number of Ski-Dos as opposed to links. but um but no it was uh you had 21 pros you had 10 Ski-Dos eight links, two cats and and then one Polaris you had uh the legend uh, John Stenberg Coming back from injury, he, um, he hurt his knee real bad early on last season and really think only did one race at the end of the year. He did the, uh, Bacher summer cross in June and that was really it. So, you know, him coming back was a big storyline. Uh, Albin Lundquist who, who had gotten hurt at the world championships was coming back from injury. He didn't have a lot of seat time. Um. There's going to be a new champion this year in Sweden because Gustav Salston was the Swedish champion last year. Obviously he's in the States now. So some, it's going to be somebody new. Uh, you had Oscar Nikula move up to pro. He was the 2023 pro light champion. You had William Svensson uh, coming back to racing after missing last season. And then we, on on the, Team Southside players had Christopher Holm come back to race for us. And, and he has <coughs> hadn't raced in three years. So it was, uh, yeah, there was, there was a lot of storylines coming into the weekend of what was going to happen. I think the the first big shock was early Saturday when uh, Alfred Gunderson was a top qualifier uh, in, in pro on his links, you know, not a whole lot of seed time on it and didn't have a great season last season. So for him to come out of the gate and be top qualifier was a surprise to a lot of people. Uh, round one saw uh, Magnus Wright and Stenberg each win their respective heats. And then round two saw Emil Hansen and William Svensson win their heats. So you had four different heat winners. So that was kind of exciting uh, setting the stage for the final. Uh, Lundquist had a little bit of bad luck. He ended up in the LCQ, which he won. And then uh, Magnus Wright and won the final with Svensson and Emil Hansen on the podium with him. Stenberg led <clears throat> like the first like 60% of the race and then wrecked, got back on and still managed to claw his way back to fifth. So that was that was a bummer for him, but it was a it was a nice rebound because it could have been way worse. Um, and then when Sunday rolled around, Lundquist was the top qualifier in. in uh in the morning. And then he and Axel Johannessen each won a heat won a heat in the first round. And then Wrighton and Stenberg won the Heats in round two. Uh the Norwegian Robert London, who raced a couple times in the States last year, won the LCQ. And then uh John Stenberg uh course corrected from Saturday and won the final on Sunday with Wright on the podium again. Or sorry yeah, right on the podium again and then london from the back row finishing third so that was an impressive ride for him so it was it was a it was a fun weekend there was a lot of entries it was a big track and the weather was pretty good so it was it was a fun weekend
0: is uh is stenberg gonna gonna walk into a championship or is it gonna be not so easy for him
1: Oof. he he looked like classic Stenberg like i always i'll always joke with him and i always call him the legend john stenberg because he's been around for that long and he looked really good this weekend you know it uh, he he definitely put the time in this off season and then you know i mean i you know lynx had a, has that all new rear suspension in their race led this year i don't mm-hmm. really know how much better or worse or indifferent it is from last year as far as performance goes um, but it, uh, but he made it look good
0: hmm. I mean,
1: he looked good on it. I mean, I think, you know, John, I think will look good on anything. I mean, I think he'd look good on a Polaris hint, hint, you know what I mean? But, um, but no, I think you can put, you can put him, somebody like him on anything and he's going to be up near the front with it. But watching him ride this weekend, I think he is definitely going to be, uh, the guy to be. As long as he stays healthy, so
0: and and if he doesn't, then you just got to put him on a on a Southside Polaris, and that's going to be the missing link that he needed, right?
1: Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Swan, you know, the Swan song, you know, just you know, wrap Mm -hmm. up his illustrious career, uh, you know, on a Polaris.
0: I mean. I mean, you, you you did it with uh, Brett Bender. He came back for one last one last ride with you. Corin's yeah. kind of doing that right now, in a way. <laughs> you know, it's it's just you know, it's just come on home, right? Just come on home. That's that's did did it with
1: Dylan Martin. Dylan oh Martin? yeah,
0: yep. Mm hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's uh, yeah. Jason Boron. Yeah. He. I guess he's still kind of raised, but still, he came back with you. So yeah
1: hmm yeah that was a fun year It was <clears throat> i think you know because he was ra- Who who's he racing against he was racing against one of the pat nodes or both, it pat both nodes. actually both like pat
0: nodes. Yeah, you know it was,
1: so it, was like a, it was like a 15 or 20 year age gap between like pat node and him so that was that was that was something but no i mean we you know this year we're excited you know with with chris you know it was a tough first weekend for him obviously <clears throat> to to run pro class at all is tough but to do it after not racing for three years is really tough mm-hmm. and then literally we we pulled the cord on his race sledge Saturday morning for him to go off for qualifying that was his first that was the the sled starting for the first time and that was him getting on the track for the first time so <clears throat> you know it was um you know he he stayed in one piece the sled straight so it was a it was a good weekend as far as I'm concerned. we you know, we made the final on Sunday. So, you know, it was just it we he progressed all weekend, you know, but there was there's three years of rust there and you know, a lot's changed on that sled in three years. So it um I know it's gonna take him a little bit to get back to where he wants to be and where I know he can be. But that's what we signed up for and I'm just excited he was he was up for the challenge still. So you know, he spent a lot of time with us in the States over the years. So it's um and we lived together for a whole winter when he raced out on the East Coast. So it's 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 fun to be back working with him again for sure.
0: Nice. Well, looking forward, at least on the on the US side, we got a week off and then uh the pros are headed to Valcor. So that's going to be a that's going to be a cool round it's the uh whole thing's gonna be on flow um the oval guys are gonna get coverage too there's gonna to be a lot of action that weekend so um looking forward to that
1: yeah i'm uh, oh, oh and two i got to give i got to give my stud of the week for for Sweden. and i got to give it to john stenberg for sure i mean we don't have studs here yet <laughs> yet but he you know he's my stud of the week over here so you know the um, you know to c- come back from from being hurt and and have the statement weekend he did he he earned it so hopefully td will get me some of those plaques pretty soon here so i can start handing them out <laughs> maybe and maybe i should hand him a t-shirt the plaque and a stud so they can actually see what a stud is i mean stenberg knows what they are he, he knows them. what they are mm-hmm. but plenty of people it's like a ufo you know like what are those
0: so shameless shameless plug for any of our newer listeners if you go into the Wayback machine like episode seven or eight or something like that I did <laughs> one with 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 john stemberg just such a cool guy sick sick guy really fun to talk to um yeah just really cool so if if anything bruce is saying is piquing your interest go back and listen to that one because it's a good one
1: yeah he's had a he, i mean he's had a hell of a career and then he spent a lot of time in the states and had had success everywhere he went, and and he is a super super nice guy, which just makes it that much better.
0: All right, any uh, any final thoughts, closing comments for you, Bruce?
1: Um, well, I guess I I didn't get to watch any of the racing, but Finland had their first round too, mm. and I just wrote down the top threes for for their three classes there, and uh, pro women. Emma Lamelin, uh, Saga Forsell, and Venla Kostavari. The, the Finnish names are so like, I'm not great with the Swedish names half the time, but the Finland ones, it's just a whole nother thing. Um, but I'm trying to give them a shout out. Um, but Emma, Emma won, one pro women's pro light went to topy with, uh, Elias Soki in second, and then uh, rookie Emil Hurtin in third. He uh, he had a really good. He won the junior championship last year, so junior champion last year, and now third in his first week in a pro light. So that's pretty cool to see on uh, on a links. And then in pro, Aki uh, Palaya won the pro class pro final. Shocker, mm-hmm. um, you know he. He had a, a decent season last season in the states, and then obviously won the won the world championship. So he he picked up right where he left off. Uh, Alexi Juntinen was second, and then uh, Emil Mickelson was third. And Emil spent I think he spent all season last year in the states for um, I thought it was Green Mountain in the sport mm-hmm. class, sport or pro light. Um, so he ended up third. So yeah, no, a lot of racing this past weekend. Uh, this weekend we've got the uh, Arctic Cup coming up in Ostrasund. That's usually it's a it's a big exhibition race, no points, just money and pride. So, and it's actually it's in the hometown of where Player Scandinavia is because Player Scandinavia is based in Ostrasund. So we'll be heading up there this weekend and hopefully put on a good show.
0: All right. Awesome. Well, Bruce, thanks again for your time. I'm sure it's like one in the morning, but I appreciate it as always.
1: Of course. And I know the listeners do too. Happy to be here. Uh, Sorry to Matt Greenwood. We didn't get
0: to you this time. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) There we go. And now it's started. (laughs) Awesome. Cool. Well, thanks everybody. We'll see you after Valcor.